welcome to the OCR Underground Show. Each week, you get the latest research, training secrets of top coaches, and everything you need to crush your next obstacle course race and finish burpee-free. Here's your host, SGX coach, Mike Diebler. All right, and welcome to the OCR Underground, your ultimate resource for everything OCR training. I am your host, Mike Diebler, and as always, thank you so much for joining our show today and making this a part of your training program. If you guys are interested in any of the links mentioned in the show, you can find the show notes located at ocrunderground.com slash episode dash 38. Now, this is going to be a little different episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter. I'm going to break the traditional format that we've been doing. Um, And the reason basically being is I am just about getting ready to head out to Hawaii for the Spartan Trifecta weekend. Super excited. And I just wanted to get an episode out. And this episode happens to be particularly um, pertains to doing the trifecta weekend or at least doing multiple races in a day or or in a weekend so i wanted to get this out as quickly as possible so it's just going to be one interview um and yeah so super excited for the race this weekend can't wait to get out there relax a little bit but it's it's a, a demanding on your body to do so many races in such a short period of time and i haven't done the full trifecta weekend i've done multiple races in a weekend but i have not done multiple races in a day and uh, as always, um, I, I want to do well. I want to feel good about the race. I'm not necessarily out there to, to uh, win it. My wife and I just want to have fun, run it together. But more importantly, I want to get through the race, feel good about it, and not hurt myself, not feel like I'm going to die and not, uh, not be able to make it. So I want to do everything possible to make sure I'm, one, taking care of my body, and two, making sure I'm recovering as quickly as possible so I can have the best performance that I, that I want in some of these later races. So when it has to do with recovery, there's one person in particular that I, I always go to to pick pick their brain, and that is our guest today, Brandon Marcello. Uh, he's a, a, a colleague and a, and a friend, and um, I love talking with him. I can, I can talk to him for hours about these topics. I'm sure I'd eventually bug him, but he's always happy to help, and he has such a wide range of, of background, over 20 years in the uh, performance-enhancing industry, and uh, he's worked as the uh, sports performance director at Stanford. He was responsible for helping create EXOS, formerly known as Athlete Performance. He's worked with collegiate, professional, Olympic athletes. Uh, he continues to con- consult with numerous teams. Uh, he basically the guy that teams will go to when their athletes are just not performing the way that they should. They they reach out to Brandon and um, and figure out what they're what they're doing wrong and what they could be doing better for re- re- training, recovery, nutrition, uh, everything there. And he actually. Uh, Currently, he'll, he consults with the Department of Defense and Draper Labs and basically helping with soldier performance. So he has a really cool background and has a, a great deal of experience with, with practical training, research, education, all these different things. But I love talking with Brandon because he'll take some of these complex topics and really simplify them to make them easy to understand, but more importantly, incredibly practical. And that's exactly why I wanted to get him on here because I reached out to him uh, about this race and he he emailed me a couple really great tips that you know when as soon as I saw him I'm like this this is going to be a great episode I'm I'm not the only one that's uh, interested in this topic so I had to get him on here to um to just explain some of these strategies that he told me because I know you guys are going to get a ton of benefit from this all right so what's up Brandon welcome to the show thanks for having good to be back yeah yeah oh it's a pleasure um 
So I know you're a busy man, so I'm going to jump right into some of the stuff. But the, the reason I wanted to bring you on, and, and usually the reason I bring my guests on is I'm selfish and I want to get better. And I just hope that <laughs> if I want to get better, there's probably somebody else is going to benefit from some of the stuff we're going to talk about. So um, I know every time I talk to you, I, I could pick your brain for hours. I promise I won't do that. We'll keep this short. But um, I emailed you recently. I have the Hawaii Trifecta Weekend coming up. And it's it's a first for me. I've I've been to Hawaii, but never d- to uh, do three races back to back like this. So um, I'm not looking to destroy my body as I do this. I want to have fun. Um, uh, my wife and I are going to be doing it, and um, we're going to enjoy Hawaii. But I don't want to be just demolished um, during the race and then after the race. So um, I know when it comes to recovery, you're you're. For many things, but this is one of my go-to resources is to come straight to you. So uh, you sent me some really interesting tips to help me out, especially for doing kind of the back-to-back races. And I wanted to just kind of uh, have you elaborate on a few of them. So um, I want to jump right in. And the first thing you told me to do was right after the race to get into water. And uh, if you could just uh, talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit. Well, the, the reason why water is so important is that it starts the recovery process right away from a physiological standpoint. So it almost acts as a trigger to kind of tell the body you're, you're going to be doing some sort of recovery or putting your body in a recovery state. So from a nervous system standpoint, things kind of start to get dampened down. Um, and the recommendation I made is, is any type of water, right? Because it's all based upon logistics. Um, I didn't know what you had access to. So obviously, you know, best choice would be can you get in the ocean? Um, because we're talking one about, you know, buoyancy. What's that? I, I, I said, I think there is an ocean out there. So. Oh yeah, there is, there is, there's yeah. a, a, a pretty big one too. Yeah. So every direction you can go and find one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the, the, the point is, is that, you know, it unloads the body. It's, 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 uh, you're very buoyant in the salt water. So it takes a lot of pressure, not off joints necessarily, but off of muscle, because muscle is being pulled down all the time by gravity. And if you can kind of alleviate that, it gives the body a break from a neural standpoint. Um, second best choice would be a pool if you don't have an ocean in close proximity. And if you can't get that, well, then maybe just jump in a shower. Yes, you're not unloading the muscle per se, but you're still kind of soaking yourself in water, which does have a positive physiological effect from a nervous system standpoint. So any or all of those are, are great options. All right. And and kind of building off of that, and again, it, logistically, it, um, this may not be possible, but um, for, for this point, is cold or hot, does it matter? Um, cold or hot, you know, it, it can matter. Um, if you're doing something high intensity, so a high intensity race, high intensity work, workout, um, it's it, it's optimal if you can get in cold, but that cold water has to be around 55 degrees, right? So you may not be able to find that. So you can always go hot, cold contrast, um, where you go back and forth, hot shower, cold shower, one minute hot, one minute cold. Um, those are great because now the nervous system has to recognize two different types of stimulus, and that can kind of create more of a, a recovery adaptation um, for you. And then the other thing with cold and hot, it really matters what you finish in. So what I mean by that is that if you have another race, say you're doing back-to-back races like you're going to be doing, you can do hot, cold, hot, cold, and end in cold. So if your body is going to be doing something else, whether it's another workout, training session, competition, race, whatever, end in cold so it leaves your nervous system heightened. Uh, If you have nothing else the rest of the day, 
and in warm. Um, you know, warm always kind of is more relaxing. Uh, it's going to leave you more parasympathetically shifted um, and can help trigger the sleep cycle if, if you're going to use that at nighttime. Mm-hmm. So warm is always recommended uh, to finish in warm. Uh, always recommended if you have nothing else the rest of that day. Cold is recommended if you do have something else. Okay, cool. And so to kind of apply that, after you told me that, what I was thinking was, so Saturday race after the first run uh, that night, that could be kind of, I can do um, cold, hot, end in hot, and then just kind of relax for the rest of the night. And then um, getting ready the next morning when I get up, I'm going to have to get to the race to kind of stimulate that central nervous system. Same thing, cold, hot, but then I'm going to end in cold and then get to the race and go from there. Exactly, exactly. Okay. You can use contrast baths not only as a mode of recovery, but also as a way of kind of, like you mentioned, exciting the nervous system. So uh, I'll recommend it for a lot of athletes who are kind of come in flat. Awesome. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I want to get to the next point that I thought was really interesting because you were uh, uh, very specific with this was stretching afterwards. And um, not only stretching, but you mentioned uh, no more than 10 seconds per hold and not to, and moderate stretching uh, is the other key there. So, uh why moderate and why just a 10 second hold? So, so we call this a call, it's called a comfort stretch. So obviously immediately after exercise, there are some muscle damage that takes place. That's normal. But when you do very long type of holds and extreme holds, that's like a traditional static stretching. So you're holding it for about 30 seconds or longer, and you're really going to uh, stretching at the point where it feels almost uncomfortable, that can create further tears in the and further tears and create more tears in the microscopic tissue, which could delay recovery. Um, and, and that's obviously not a good thing. Um, you can go back later on that evening after you get out of your hot shower and then have a more um, longer type, uh, traditional type of static stretching uh, session uh, that evening. But immediately post exercise, the tissue is much more susceptible to damage because you have those microscopic tears and you can further damage it if you do a traditional hold. So no longer than 10 seconds and the stretch you should feel is very light. It should be comfortable. That's why it's called a comfort stretch. And uh, this will kind of get a little bit of elongation back in the tissue. Yes, there is debate on what you're stretching. Is it fascia? Is it muscle? Is it neither? Is it everything? Um, But at the end of the day, we do know that does have a positive effect on recovery. Um, the reason you don't want to hold it for very long is also it can create ischemia to the tissue, which is not ideal post-exercise. Perfect. And, uh, basically not allowing that oxygen to flow in there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Okay, cool. Um, and, and that can be difficult for some people because some, some have the mentality that if it's not hurting, it's not helping you, which, um, I know is a, a terrible way to think about it, but even just that, that, like you said, that comfortable stretch is going to be way more beneficial than yanking on the tissue because you got a cramp or something and you're just trying to rip it apart or, you know, that, that kind of mentality. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Uh, other big thing. Um, I think you stole this from Forrest Gump, but, or Lieutenant Dan, (laughs) and that's taking care of your feet. So don't, don't get killed. And, uh, and I'm, I'm probably completely butchering it, but take care of your feet. So that was the other big thing. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, anytime, you know, obviously it's probably the second most neglected part on any person who's training or in competition. Um, so the feet obviously is very important. So one thing I recommended, uh, is, you know, bring a clean uh, change of socks. You don't have to go with the Forrest Gump, the OD green as uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Tan said, but, uh, certainly, uh, new pair of socks. Yeah. If, yeah, you could. Um, oh, and if you have an extra pair of shoes laying around, 
that would be great as well. Anytime you can change socks and shoes in between competitions, that's going to be ideal. Yeah. And, you know, when you said that, it, and it sounds so basic, but honestly, I wasn't thinking about, I really wasn't thinking that ahead that all. And, and I was kind of like, when you said it, I was like, well, I was just going to wear the same, same sneakers again. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I have an older pair. And that's what I was kind of asking you. It, it is an older pair. I mean, they, they're still fine. They just, you know, are older, but even though they're older, that's probably a better choice than running in same socks, same shoes all over again. Same socks, same shoes, and probably at least two extra pounds you're carrying with you in your lower extremities. Yeah, which will completely throw off everything and, and just make your effort even even harder, which we don't want. Exactly. So we're, we're, you're, you're fatiguing at a much faster rate than you would with dry shoes and dry socks. And you're more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, which totally makes sense. So, so <laughs> right. I am going to bring my old busted up sneakers, but I think, I think in the long run that's going to really pay off. Yeah. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, talk about was um, uh, kind of uh, stimulating that central nervous system again, and that was using like the massage stick or, um, yeah, I think we, we basically talked about the massage stick and kind of that quick rolling to, uh, to kind of get those heavy legs going again. Yeah, you can take a massage stick. And a lot of times people equate the massage stick to just recovery and knots in the tissue and those things, but it can be quite an effective central nervous system stimulant. Um, they've done studies where they've actually looked at grip strength and they've tested grip strength before. And then they've taken the massage stick and gone over the forearm, the, the flexors and extensors briskly. So back and forth very quickly, very fast for maybe about uh, 10 to 20 seconds and then retested grip strength and grip strength showed a significant increase. Wow. Um, and the same thing can be taken across the rest of the body. So uh, quick, short, brisk strokes back and forth on the large muscle groups, quads, hamstrings, calf, uh, tibialis anterior, you know, everywhere um, can actually have a benefit um, from a performance standpoint. That's awesome. And that's really interesting with, uh, with grip strength because obviously these races are going to be so grip heavy that, you know, after one race, it's going to be just so taxed and then, you know, mm -hmm. let alone two and then three. Uh, so that, that would actually be just a key to, uh, you know, do everything you possibly can to help generate as much strength because we know you're going to need it during this, these races. So that's really interesting. For sure. And that's really what all of these, every training strategy you do and prescribe. And when you write workouts yourself, not just for yourself, but for your clients and same with nutrition and same with recovery strategies, all these things are really geared to do is stack the odds in your favor of having a successful performance. It never guarantees anything, right? But, mm -hmm. but what it does, it eliminates a lot of things and it takes a lot of other things off the table that you otherwise would have to worry about. So because you don't, now you have the ability to really express that training, which you've been doing for the last however many weeks, to its fullest potential on the course. Yeah, and, and to build off of that, uh, kind of like we talked about um, earlier, you know, we're not, you're not suggesting that any of these things we're talking about are going to eliminate fatigue or, um, you know, prevent, prevent anything from happening. You're just trying to maximize recovery as best you can. So maybe you don't get fatigued in the same rate or as, as quickly as you, you would have if you didn't do these things. Exactly. Can we delay fatigue? So maybe you feel it at mile four rather than at mile one. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I want to one last thing before I, I let you go. We didn't talk about nutrition, but I know um, you have a, a plethora of knowledge in this topic for recovery. Um, and I did use plethora, but um, <laughs> um, so what what would just and we don't have to get into too many specifics here, but let's say I want to talk specifically for um, 
So like on Sunday, we're doing back-to-back races. We'll probably have, um, I forget our start times, but let's say two hours, one to two hours in between races. Um, Just what would be like the main tip or two that we should concentrate on? Is it, you know, just get carbs in, get get anything we can in, water, everything? Yeah, so this is pretty individualized because everybody has a different tolerance, if you will, to amount of food and how soon they can consume those prior to competition, right? Mm -hmm. So the big thing is, is can you adequately recover yourself from a nutrition standpoint from race number one, right? When you finish that first race, your body is good. The cells are going to open up nice and wide uh, because they're hungry. So it's an opportune window, that 20-minute window that people always talk about. The reason why that 20 minutes are there is because those cells, that's when they're more receptive to replenishment and refueling what you used. So that's when you want to get something that very absorbs very quickly, uh, a fast carbohydrate. That's also when you want to get some protein in there very quickly. You want to stay away from the fat. You want to stay away from the fiber during that time. So you can really maximize um, glycogen repletion. Okay, so can you refuel your energy stores, which are glycogen in the muscle as fast as you can? And that's where starchy carbs come into play, too, right after that, because we know starchy carbs, people have this aversion to them. Right. And I think during the rest of the day, sure, you know, limit those, but they bring a very powerful response in terms of refueling muscle glycogen. Fruits and vegetables just don't have that same type of power. Um, they fuel your liver glycogen or the energy in your liver, but they don't fuel the muscle ideally. So if we're talking about post-exercise recovery from that first race, um, that's the way you want to go. Very quick absorbing carbohydrates. Um, even a, a Gatorade works fine. Um, you know, you want to have some protein in there so you can make a protein shake. Uh, I know you like designer way, Mike, so you could take designer way. You could throw a little uh, quick release in carbohydrate in there or what? two to one ratio of carbohydrates to protein um because you have multiple races you might want to go three to one or even four to one mm-hmm. uh ratio of carbohydrates because that'll kind of get you over the hump there especially if you have an aversion to to eating uh close to race and then prior to that second race um i would shoot down a go-go squeeze applesauce mm-hmm. um i think that's a fantastic uh um, jump start for a race uh it's it's cold. Um, it has a little bit of hydration in there because there is a little bit of apple juice. Uh, it's the only thing apple juice brings to the table is it helps hydrate you. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, other piece is that it has some carbohydrates and it's all mushed down. So it's it's, it's pretty good stuff there. Um, so, yeah, depending on the tolerance, but those things are definitely I would do. And then depending if you're someone who can eat between that short period of time, I would eat something. Okay. Um, and if you can't, then – and I have to stick with that kind of refueling the best you can through the race. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like like after that first race, then, you know, focus on getting something in, you know, what, what you individually can tolerate, you know, as, as quickly as you can. Um, yep. And then maybe if you have like an hour or two, then the next phase is maybe that light, comfortable stretching or, or getting in water um, just to kind of help with the recovery as best you can. And then finally uh, when it's, about race time, ready to go, maybe getting something quick in to eat to help fuel for that, or uh, at least maybe doing something like that rolling um, uh, massage stick to, to kind of just get, get you ready and get you fired up again. Yep, that works. But I would actually take that post-exercise uh, shake or whatever mm-hmm. and drink that when you're in the water. Okay. The sooner you can get in the water, the better. Oh, perfect. Makes sense. Well, awesome. It's, 
Yeah, no problem. Cool, cool. So this, this is, I know this is a quick one, but that was a, a ton of info, but incredibly practical. And I know I'm personally going to be doing all of these things. So hopefully some of you listeners out there are going to take one, two, or, or all of these to, to really help maximize that, that potential of your performance as, as best you can. So Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Likewise. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, see you, Mike. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it. As I mentioned, it was a short episode, but I know this stuff is incredibly important to go over, and I hope you got a ton out of this. Uh, so if you guys are out in Hawaii, or maybe you're running in West Virginia, or, or just doing any of these races where you might be running back-to-back or multiple races, uh, this is just some great stuff to really help maximize your performance, make sure you're recovered, and uh, just delay some of that fatigue that might be setting in. So uh, if you happen to see somebody chilling in the ocean after the race with a a designer protein shake, it's probably me, or or hitting the roller or anything like that. So I welcome you to come join me if if you see me out there. Um, But definitely follow some of these tips. I think it's really going to make a difference in in your training and in your, um, your performance. So it does seem fitting to thank our sponsors of the show, both Designer Protein, who we mentioned a couple times. Uh, if you do need that quick recovery, whether it's whey-based or plant-based, they have a ton of variety for you. You can check out all their products at designerprotein.com. Don't forget to use SD Premier 20 to get 20% off for listening to the show, and as well as Mobilitas, uh, creating the world's best mobility tools. Uh, they actually do have a new product. They do have a Mobility Floss, which is a cool, cool product if you've never played around with that before, but you can check out all their products at yourjointsshouldnthurt.com and again you can check it all out in the show notes to this episode at ocrunderground.com slash episode 38 well i'm off to go pack get ready for hawaii and i hope to run into some of you guys out there if not we'll see you again soon for another race until then keep training smarter